You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, super excited to talk to Tamaya Sabaya on paving a path for success. Tamaya is an SVP of Customer Experience Solutions and Acceleration at Cisco. He leads a global team tasked with developing and delivering architecture and solutions that help customers accelerate business outcomes and enable our partners to expand that value to customers. He's passionate about identifying, nurturing, and empowering individuals from early on in their careers. Tamaya, I was telling you earlier, I'm incredibly excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. Excited to be here. This is excellent. And and this is obviously a topic that is uh, near and dear to your heart, but uh, applicable to so many of our listeners. So I'm really excited to dive into the meat and potatoes with you. What, I guess first and foremost, like I always like to ask why first, and then I have an understanding of framing the conversation. Why are we talking about paving a path for success? Mark, this is something that I've always questioned myself in terms of what is like the most important thing uh, right throughout your entire career, especially in a corporate environment uh, that you can get advice about. And in a way, I always think about it as if I could go back in time and give advice to my younger self, what would that be? And this is what comes to mind all the time. So I'm trying to make a difference out here in terms of being able to relate this as much as possible to individuals who need it right now. So that way, at some point in time, they'll be able to like pay it forward almost. That's excellent. A little back to the future action. There um, you go. That's perfect. Cool. So, okay, help, help I guess, me and the viewers understand what, what's the framework we're going to be dealing with or what are the topics or elements uh, toward paving a path for success? So as leaders, mentors, sponsors today, it is important to not only identify motivated, passionate individuals early in their career, but it's also important to lead them through that entire journey. And the way I look at it is it's typically a three-step process that I look at. One is making sure that you have identified passion over anything else that may be at that moment in time in terms of experience, other things, taking number one versus passion being number one in terms of what they want to do, how motivated they are. The second one is uh, I always talk about uh, mapping your path to where do you want to be. But you could go two different ways. I can talk, I'm going to talk a little more about that. And finally is understanding and accepting who you are in a work corporate environment. And I think that is critical. These are some, some big topics. There's some, I I feel like we could probably do uh, do three podcasts here, but um, cool. I, I I guess like let's, let's dive straight into it. I I really, you said passion over skills. That's uh, surprising to say the least. Like, what do you mean by that? 
So the way I look at it is walking into any role, any job that you've applied for. If you were walking in there saying, I know exactly what to do. I've done this in my past. You're not doing yourself justice. What you want to do is you want to walk into that particular role on day one and almost be petrified saying, oh my God, what have I done? Is it possible for me to do this? That's the way you're going to grow. That's the way you're going to learn. That's the way you're going to enhance your career. And for me, one of the things that I do is I never look at a resume because fundamentally what I do is look at, are you passionate about what do you want to do? And are you inspired to be and motivated to go do that? And that supersedes everything else because you get the results much faster and you have a much bigger impact versus applying a playbook that you already know. And here's the other key thing for anybody who is looking at net new roles is whenever you look at people who have the passion and the motivation and have the drive to deliver on any kind of a business outcome that you're looking at, they're going to bring in more innovation than somebody else who's done that over and over and over again. I'm not saying that's not important and this does not apply to every single field. Like, for example, I would not want like a doctor who's never done something before opening me up and operating on me. Is it right? So it also is very situational. It's based on the circumstances. But typically when you look at a corporate environment uh, and when you look at like a work environment, workforces, it could be a startup, it could be a bigger company, it could be any of those. What, what you want is you want people who are passionate and who are motivated. That's that's so interesting. And, and that's obviously uh, really inspiring to hear, right? Someone um, as successful as, as you uh, to, to be saying that you're, you're not necessarily looking for someone who has all the answers. You're looking for someone who's going to really get their hands in it, get dirty, have as a general, I assume, a, a good foundation and a good uh, expertise skill set, um, but one that's really just going to to put themselves fully in uh, to the immersion pool there and then start to dive into exactly what it will take to solve that particular problem. You mentioned innovation being a, a real big piece of this. Obviously, to your point, we're not uh, we're not necessarily a life or death scenario um, like your doctor example uh, that. That's for sure. I definitely don't want uh, you know a doctor giving it his first go on on me on the table. But um, where where do you draw the line? It's interesting to to hear you say that because I can imagine there's certain scenarios or certain companies that uh, do need someone who's an executor that has the playbook. Like they are unstructured, or um, they're not really necessarily looking for innovation. They're looking for of a, an operator is there is there a line to be drawn or is this um, like how do you think about that so I, I look at it as are you are you number one as an individual willing to learn and if you are willing to learn have you done your research are you capable of being able to deliver on the outcomes that's needed and it's also really important to also note I'm, I'm actually going to talk about the second one which I mentioned as uh, uh, it's important for you to know who you are. Are you an individual who is a functional expert or are you an individual who is a generalist? And what I mean by that is when you look at a functional expert, a functional expert is somebody who has gone in-depth into one particular field. Like take the uh, new upcoming field of AI or data science. You have people who are like specialized there who go deeper and deeper into that area. That's a functional expert. 
And typically, whenever you hire for a functional expert, you want somebody who has that level of knowledge, who's able to come in, who's able to bring in best practices, who's able to institute like their learnings from the past into what you're trying to drive. But at the same time, if you're a generalist, you typically tend to be almost like the jack of all trades. And you want to learn pretty much everything about everything, but you don't need to go in depth into it. So as companies, as organizations, what you typically want to focus on is uh, the fact that whenever you're hiring for any of these given roles, first of all, you need to determine, do you want a generalist? Do you want a functional expert? And when you look at a generalist across each one of these areas, that they could be like, going slightly deeper into they are the ones who come up with the strategy and but at the same time you need to augment them with functional experts who can go much deeper into those particular areas and the best part about this is when you look at uh, a functional expert versus a generalist it's pretty easy to identify yourself as either one because what motivates you and research has shown that a generalist typically wants more responsibility. A functional uh, expert is somebody who's more motivated by personal gains. It could be higher salary. It could be like a recognition on a personal front. It could be that award that they win versus a generalist who is much more broader in spectrum. So as a company, I think it's important to, number one, determine what are the different roles, who are you hiring for? And my whole thing there is always hire way better than you can do something if you are a generalist. So a generalist who can like run 10 different functions, you want each function to have a leader in there who's twice as good as any leading expert in the industry for that particular area. So that way you you augmented yourself, you've expanded your overall skill set. <clears throat> so it's a partnership more or less. You, you need the generalist, but you also need the, the functionalist or the specialist to elevate one another oh absolutely and a lot of times people especially early in their career they struggle to figure out which side of the spectrum they are like i have a policy at work which is anyone can schedule a 30-minute conversation with me and i tell them very clearly if this is a skip level one-on-one session that you want for 30 minutes it's not going to be about what are you doing at work today it's going to be about you it's going to be about where do you want to go. It's going to be about what are the areas that you need clarity in. And I encourage honest feedback across the board. And I think one of the things about feedback is a lot of times people try to maintain relationships and not honest about the feedback that they give. And that, in a way, is doing disservice to somebody, especially early in their career when they're looking for guidance in terms of where do they want to go. And it's always good to like have that thought-provoking conversation and provide diverse feedback, which can not only help them learn, grow, but also innovate by embracing new and uh, uh, differing thoughts. This is very interesting. And, and I think it's, you know, the passion over skills piece. I keep going back to that. Certainly with a lot of folks that are, that are early on in their careers, it's, uh, that's really hard to have that that foresight to know, you know, the difference uh, from a 20-year, 30-year veteran, um, you know, where they're going to end up, right, and, and where they're going to to be. You know, one of the things that, that we were talking about prior to that I think was, was really interesting, 
was you were saying that uh, when when you're looking at the passion over skills and you're hiring folks for roles, you you're not even looking at a resume. Is that right? Tell the audience that, about that. That that is correct. I do not look at a resume because a resume limits you in terms of the person that you're hiring for. But in some cases, you definitely want a resume because let's say there's something business critical that you have to do at a customer location. And it is something where you need somebody who's experienced, who's done that before, who knows exactly what the best practices are, especially if you're dealing with like uh, companies that are in banking. You want somebody who has defined security layers before. You want somebody who knows how to like harden the entire network or uh, uh, harden the entire software implementation. In those cases, you definitely want somebody with experience. You typically tend to look for somebody with experience. But when you look at anybody who's young, who is upcoming, who wants to be out there, the reason why I don't look at resumes or even in certain leadership positions, I don't look at resumes is because looking at a resume limits you, number one, in terms of what school did the person go to? What have they done in the past? You're not looking at the future. You're always looking at the past when you look at somebody's resume. And it's all about what are they going to do in the future. Like I've hired some really, really critical business leaders who are running large organizations who've never done what I pulled them to do. In some cases, I could take somebody who's had an entire finance background and put them into operations and they've really, really excelled in those areas. And I'm talking about very senior roles out here. So from that perspective, one of the things that I always think about is whenever I say passion over skills, it is situational. It is dependent on where you where you are in your career. It's always either early in the career, early in your career, or at a much later stage when you're looking at leadership positions. But there are definitely going to be those outliers in terms of business critical or customer roles that you don't want to take that risk because unless the person you're bringing in, you're going to train over the course of the next six months or a year, get them there and then get them to a customer. Got it. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it makes sense. It's, uh, it's, I feel like it's a progressive way to look at it to my, you know, I mean, no, you know, looking at really the ambition or trying to measure the, the, like you say, the passion of an individual and where they want to be. How, how do you, how do you, um, I guess, how do you find those people? Are they, are they finding you more or less? Is it, is not, you know, are these folks really coming to you during those 30 minute sessions and, and, uh, you know, talking to you about planning how they're going to get to the next place in their career? Um, or are these folks that like are plucked from, I don't know, other parts of the organization and, and uh, end up on your doorstep somehow. How, how do you get these conversations or how are you finding these, these young rock stars? So I, I do two ways. One is I always keep my eye open for there's a situation and something needs to get resolved. Who's that hand raiser who steps in there, even though it's not part of their responsibility, they have no clue about that particular area. They step in there, raise their hand and say, I can do this. I look for them. The second thing is a lot of times when I talk to people, one of the things that I talk to everybody about is when you start to like think about where do you want to be in life? Where do you want to be with your personal goal? Do not think of it as a one way. I mean, do not think of it as a street where you are charting to where you want to be. 
I always tell everybody, plot out where you want to be and then work backwards from there. So it's not working forward to where you want to be, but it's actually working backwards because the biggest advantage with that is your entire outcome or your entire path to success pretty much becomes singular. There are less distractions. There are a lot of times, especially, I I know this because I kind of did this early in my career when there were too many distractions where somebody was like, hey, would you like to do this? And I'd be like, yes, would you like to do this? And I would say yes. But then I started to realize very quickly that I'm actually distracting myself from my goal or where I want to get to. And that if I worked it backwards, I know exactly what my next step is versus exploring multiple other areas. I'm not saying it's not good to explore, but it also depends on, I'm going to go back to generalist, functional expert, what are you? And just based on that, it's very easy to say my path is worked backwards. My next step has to be this versus these five other distractions. So let me give you an example. Like I've done this with multiple people. There's one person who truly stands out. And uh, she's somebody who was initially an analyst. At one point in time, I needed something done really quickly. I needed a quick analysis. And everybody was like working through the deck and they were like, it's going to take at least two, three days. And she put together an Excel model within about 30 minutes. I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is really good. I got exactly the outcome that I needed. So fast forward a little bit, I start like uh, working with her a lot more. She starts to become my go-to person in terms of everything that I need. And this is not many years ago, but this is like pretty recent. Uh, From there, she ended up becoming my chief of staff. And at one point of time, and she did an excellent job at that. And at one point of time, I was like, you're going to get bored doing this role. Maybe you should go do your MBA. So she... Uh, says, okay, should I go write my GMAT? And I was like, yeah, sure, go write your GMAT. So the next week, next week, she goes and writes a GMAT. <laughs> and then she comes back with, oh, I'm done with my GMAT. And it's like, so what's your score? And her score was 785. What? <laughs> I looked at it and it's like, oh my God. So I was like, okay. Now, now I've full kicked into like, I'm going to help you plan your career. I'm going to help you go through. Okay, which schools are you going to apply to? So she applied to a couple of the top schools. She got into oh, yeah, two exactly. of the top schools in the country. <laughs> but then at that exact point in time, I decided to make a complete change in terms of the company that I was working with. And I decided to move to a new company. And it was going to be an exciting new role, which it is. So at that point in time, I moved to Cisco where I work currently. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to take this new role. And uh, she's like, I want to come with you because it sounds really interesting to drive transformation from the ground up where you're building something on such a large scale. So initially, she defers the MBA by a year. And then she comes uh, with me to Cisco. Huge, huge, huge impact. And then about uh, a year in, one day she comes to my office and uh, her, she says, uh, I met with you. Uh, I met with Maria, who is my boss. And she's like, yeah, I met with her. And she just asked me to run customer success for all of Cisco, which is huge. So she decided, you know what? I'm not going to go do my MBA. I'm going to do this. I'm going to run customer success for all of Cisco. Right now she runs customer success management. And uh, she is doing a fantastic job. But when I talk about working backwards from your career, she's one person who did exactly that. 
her next logical step was exactly where she is. And the MBA was kind of a distraction. Wow, that's insane. I mean, to, to have the uh, clarity to do that and obviously the the you know the skills and the competence is is you know it doesn't need to be mentioned but to have the clarity to pass on the mba from the the top schools in the nation uh and to look at that as a distraction is is very impressive it's very impressive yeah and that's what working backwards gives you mark is essentially it creates that path for you where you know your exact next step based on the goal of where do you want to go within the next 10 years, 15 years, wherever you are. I love that story. To my, it's perfect. It really sums it up exactly. It puts it into practice, right? And it's, it's actually not the first time I've heard uh, about the, the charting your path backwards. Actually, we had Max Zeke, um over at, at Dell. He was on uh, the podcast a little bit ago. And, and one of his tenants that he spoke toward was exactly this. Um, he had a framework for it. So now I've, I've, got, two, I've got two very, very senior folks um, that have had in, in very impressive careers uh, telling me, you know, that's a, that's a must do. Um, so hey, proof's in the pudding, right? I mean, it, no question it, it works. Yeah. And Mark, uh, just one thing, when you think about it, like, I, I just want to connect the dots between a generalist and functional expert and working your way backwards. I'm a generalist, I can tell you that. And uh, I mean, if you, you want, you can share what you are. But at the same time, what I think about is whenever you're a generalist, your motivation factor is growth. So when you start to think about what is your motivation factor, and it is uh, like, you've identified it as growth. It's easy to say, what is my next step? Is it going to help me grow? Whereas a functional expert, their motivation factor is going to be completely different. But at the same time, once again, you know what your next step is. It's either expansion of knowledge. It could be like a much, much higher lucrative role. So just based on those areas across the board, everybody can map their path backwards from where they want to be. But you have to complement it with passion. You have to complement it with motivation to get there. And those are the things that lets you take risks. And without taking risks, you're never going to get to where you want to be. Tamaya, do you, do you suggest that, obviously, you know, there's a lot of young listeners listening to this that are going to try to make this applicable the second after they hear it, right? And after, after we listen to it, including myself. And uh, do you, would you suggest determining if you're a specialist, functionalist, or a generalist first or chart your destination first and then figure out uh, the, you know, how you're going to get there after? Like, which comes first, I guess? Is it is it the definition of this is this is the kind of person I am and and then I'm going to go track my goal or is it, this is where I want to be. How am I going to back my way into that? Which, which path do I need to choose? I would say the latter, which is you need to first figure out yourself. Are you a generalist? Are you a functional expert? And it's pretty easy to do because if you think about 10 years down the line and you're just starting off or 15 years down the line, 
where do you want to be? And if your answer is you want to be a COO of a company, you want to be the CEO of a company, you want to be in some kind of role which is much more broader based, more uh, general in nature, you are a generalist. And typically people who are generalists love strategy, love operations. They like to be in multiple different areas, but at the same time, they may not know necessarily know everything about that particular area. And my advice to you is the moment you identify you're a generalist, always remember your most important critical things are decision-making and hiring if you want to be successful in your entire journey. And so you could determine you're a generalist that way. The other way to think about as a functional expert, if your motivation is to become a chief product officer, is to become a chief technical officer, it is a, a data scientist, a statistician. All of those are functional roles where you need to go much, much, much deeper in into that entire area, into that entire field to become the person who knows the most about it, become the person who's writing the best practices. And those, those are typically functional experts. So the moment you you have to identify who you are first, and another easier way to do it, and a lot of pe times people are like, really, there are other things that motivate me, is to ask yourself one fundamental basic question. What motivates you, power or money? And I can guarantee you 99% of the time, if you choose power, you're a generalist. If you choose money, you're a functional expert. And I don't mean to break it down into just those two words. I know it sounds harsh. But at the same time, it is fun. When I say power, I'm using power as a metaphor for a larger thing, which could mean sure. growth. You want to lead people. You want to help people. You want to grow your personal self. All of that I'm translating just into one word. If I could choose a word, I just call it power, but there may be a better word for it. And on the other side, when I say money, I mean money in terms of like it could be acquisition of knowledge. You could be expanding the amount that you know. That That could be like motivation for you to like, go drive that entire thing and you tend to be a functional expert. Got it. But you're going deeper as opposed to broader. It's that it's you are definitely going deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. No, it, it keeps, uh, and I like the summary of the two words too, Tobias. It's, it goes back to your encouraging, honest feedback from your 30, your 30 minute sessions with your folks. I think that kind of like stark, you know, black and white scenario really helps clear things up. Uh, for people that are that are deciding, right, and that are trying to think through, you know, am I am I a generalist? Do I see myself being a generalist in the future, or am I going to become a functional expert? Am I going to go very deep within that certain segment or a certain profession? Um, yeah, and Mark, I think you just captured it. There is being honest to yourself is like really really important. And a lot of times when I talk to an individual, the first thing that they say is they want to make an impact. They want to do something good. They want to do good for society. They want to do good for the world. And by no means, I take that lightly. But at the same time, if you truly are honest to yourself, what is doing good for society mean? Do you want to be able to go there, help out? Do you want to be able to like donate a lot? You can always break that down back into what's your motivating factor. Is it the power? Or is it money that is driving force behind it? That's a great way to look at it. I love it. So you're a power guy, then, Tamaya. 
I would say I'm a power guy because I like the whole concept of growth. I like the concept of, uh, I mean, at the basic fundamental level, I like uh, growing things. I like growing teams. I like growing companies. I like growing revenue. Uh, I, I focus, I tend to typically focus more on growth uh, versus go very deep into one particular area and like learn a lot about it. Absolutely. And and for those listeners that don't know, go, guys, go on to Maya's LinkedIn, look at what he's done over the course of his career. Uh, the progression and the speed of that progression is incredibly impressive. Um, I can't summarize it, to be honest, but it, it, it goes, I mean, it truly does go back. Like there's no way humanly possible unless you're just God's gift to, to, uh, you know, software business, like you have to have immense clarity as it relates to that end goal to be able to achieve what you've done. Um, otherwise there's, there's no chance, right? I mean, it, it, it looks to me when I look at, you know, effectively when I look at your resume, Tamaya, right? When I look at your progression, um, career wise that you just had a crystal clear end goal that you're looking to achieve. And I'm sure like when they, you know, when you swung from, you know, marketing operations over into more of the ops side of the fence and then all the way to customer success, these are just different challenges that you're tackling along the way, knowing that you're looking to be essentially a COO, right? Just an operational, um, uh, I don't know, there's nothing higher really, so, you know. (laughs) An operational uh, expert, uh, if you will, right? A master generalist is is a CEO, right? Yeah, and Mark, I, I can tell you honestly, it had, I mean, there have been times when I've lo- looked at a new role, I've walked in day one, and I've been like, oh my God, did I just take this entire thing on? But then once again, the passion, the motivation kicks in. So I've applied everything that I just said to myself. And Think about it this way. When you focus on, uh, when you know for sure that you're a generalist, like I, I knew that at a very early stage, I started to focus on two things. And that's why I said it's important. One is decision-making in terms of whenever you make a decision, you're a generalist, multiple decisions come your way. You just have to do it with clarity. And the best way to do it is back yourself with data, make sure you looked at all the data. And number two is when you finally make that call, don't base it on people. Don't base it on your personal goal. Base it on what is right for the organization, what is right for your company, what is right for uh, uh, the customer. And the moment you do that, you get clarity in terms of decision-making. And the other piece to it is uh, together with decision-making, what tends to be really, really important for you as an individual is hiring. Because as a generalist, if you are not hiring people who are way, way, way better than you, you're never going to get ahead. So if you look at like my entire staff right now, each one of them can run circles around me when it comes to their particular areas. And that's the best part about it is you want to hire people like that. And throughout as a generalist, one of the motivation motivating factors has been growth, personal growth, company growth, revenue growth, all of that. But when it comes to like growth, there are a lot of times when people ask me about like salaries. And here's my thing to it. There have been multiple times in my life where I paid people who are within my organization way more than me. And that's okay. 
that's okay because you know you've got the best talent out there. You know you've hired somebody who excels in what they do and they're just going to give your overall organization a complete lift because of what they can bring to the table. And that's why I like the words that you used earlier with where you called the generalist and functional expert as partners. And that's what every company needs is that partnership between a generalist and a functional expert and identify who's who and put them into the right places. I love it. Obviously, the hiring is a big piece. You know, surround yourself with the best talent and then you're, you know, you've got the bet. I mean, you've got the team of the best people, which allows you to make the best decisions possible. Got all the data at your fingertips. Summarizing, it makes it sound a lot easier than I think it is, but that's, uh, you know, that's all good. I, I love the framework. It, it really, it really is clear uh, to understand. I love it. Is is there pieces that we haven't covered, Tamaya, that are important to note? Obviously, like just to recap real quick, we talked about passion over skills. We dove in. Uh, very much in depth in, into that. Obviously, an individual needs to come with the right foundational skill set, but what they've done historically in the past towards solving the problem that you're necessarily hiring for um, might not always be the best in the indicator that they're going to be the best person with the job. You want to hire the person that has the most passion towards solving that and maybe has a different take, isn't necessarily using some old playbook that may have worked or may not have worked previously. They're going to be able to, to innovate on that. Um, charting your path backwards. Again, this was a, a very familiar topic that now I've heard several times. So I, I really need to put together that, that backwards framework for myself. Um, this is, I mean, this is foundational toward, toward progressing your career period. Uh, and it, it allows you to have a lot of clarity. We talked um, a lot about your example there. Uh, with Nisha, that that was uh, awesome. I, I think that really sums it up beautifully uh, toward removing the, um, just, you call them distractions, you know, removing things that took you off your path or off your end goal um, to maybe a different time, right, where, where it could be a, a, something to focus on. And then lastly is determining the functionalist versus the generalist. Are you going to go deep within your profession, your skill set, or are you going to go broad within your profession? Um, what did we miss? What didn't we cover? What should we hit on in greater detail? So one thing, uh, Mark, I would encourage everybody, whoever's listening to do is as you progress, as you get into more of leadership roles within uh, your entire journey, always pick at least two individuals within the organization and these could be like individuals across the board who don't have the opportunity but have the motivation, have the passion, who have the drive. Or it could be somebody who you see as having tremendous amounts of potential and give them a lift. And that's the best way to like uh, grow an entire generation, if I could call it that. Across the board is if each one of the leaders starts to do that, and that that's something that I've always been passionate about because I've got two uh, little girls, and here here's a funny story. Uh, uh, I was uh, so usually on the weekend on Saturdays they I, I drive them to Starbucks. One is three and one is five, and I get my coffee while they get their cake pops, and they love it. It's like a total ritual with them. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, the last time I was there, this is slightly before COVID, was the last time we went there and they were in the store with me. Some person saw them there and uh, had been seeing them there every weekend. And the first thing that came out was, oh my God, look at these two. These two own this place. They're going to be baristas one day. So I turned around and I said, talk about CEO. And the person looked at me and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yes, they could be CEOs of Starbucks in, in tomorrow's world. And I, I think a lot of times we look at individuals who are motivated, who are passionate, who want to get ahead. And we typically tend to use our subconscious bias or whatever you want to call it to to look at them in that moment as individuals across one particular task or function or something that they're doing. Take that one step further and start to think about it as how you can give them an entire boost so that way they can get to where their goals a lot quicker. And I think it's just going to help you as an individual. It's going to help them as individuals. And ideally, they'll end up doing it for others too. I love that. They love you, you. Girls love the cake pops. Oh my god, they love the cake pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. cake pops, apple juice, and uh, chocolate milk. Those are the three things that's always. It's either one of those. That's a good weekend. What is it? Every what do you say? Every Saturday? Every Sunday? Yeah, every Saturday. Every Saturday uh, morning. That's our ritual. Can't beat that. Love it. Absolutely love it. And they certainly will. Uh, they certainly will. Um, be CEO of Starbucks. I have no, I have no doubt if they're gonna follow in their dad's footsteps there, and then I'm sure they'll surpass you too, Tamaya. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty positive about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's excellent, man. I, I, that's that's great. <laughs> I, um, I, my my uh, little one isn't quite old enough to have cake pops yet, but uh, one of these days, man, she'll be. I'd love to do the same thing. Um, this is awesome. Uh, I, I think. Everything is very applicable. Everything is something that every single listener, like we talk a lot you know, to product folks, to marketing folks, salespeople, uh, operations folks, everyone across the board and on the go-to-market end. But this is, this is a topic that really is applicable to every single one of us. Um, so I really hope that the, the listeners go back and pause it and listen again to, to some of the topics that... Um, you were covering there. We always ask Tamaya when we when we bring folks on if there's a couple people you would recommend also doing the podcast. Like it's one of the the best ways to bring on folks like yourself um, and and bring you know your knowledge to to our listeners. Who who would you suggest? Are there a couple of folks that you would recommend to bring on the show? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think I can give you an entire list of people. But, Great, uh, take it. <laughs> <laughs> but to begin with, uh, there are a couple of people that I think. Uh, uh, oh, let, let me start with um, three individuals who have been with me, like what I mentioned about Anisha and her path to being the leader of customer success. Definitely, she's one person that you should bring. Uh, got to have list. Anisha on. I mean, she was a she was an example story in this. She's she's definitely got to come on. Yeah, she has to come on. Uh, there's another person named uh, Patrick Monson, and he's somebody who is, uh, once again, uh, somebody who 
came into an organization, didn't know uh, much, but had the passion, had the motivation. And his his path right now, he's at Facebook, and his path is also amazing. It's a really, really good story. And uh, the third one, I would say, is uh, this guy named um, Ali, who went multiple different places right now. He's uh, the CEO of this company called Zero Cater. I think all three of them very passionate about what they do, very motivated. Some, uh, All three of them picked up, not because they had a resume, uh, picked up primarily because they had passion and motivation. I think those are three individuals. And then, uh, of course, there are a couple of like really, really good uh, thought leaders within the industry. I don't know if you know Nick Mehta from uh, Gainsight. Uh, he, he's one individual who has thought through the entire thing in terms of your overall customer experience, how you approach customers. I think he's a really good thought leader to have on if uh, you want to go deeper into any of those areas. Um, I, I can I can actually get you an entire list of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally not going to stop you. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll follow <laughs> up afterward. I think that's awesome. Obviously, Anisha... Uh, Patrick, Ali, Nick, uh, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll definitely reach out to those guys. So they've been, they've been tagged, man. Um, that's excellent. There you go. Those, those folks, I, I can't appreciate, you know, can't thank you enough for that. Really appreciate it. So I, Mark, are I, you going to answer the question? Are you I was wondering if you're going to pin me on that or not. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. I, I was going to take you up on your, your 30 minute open door policy there, Tamaya, so we could talk it over. I, I think, Anytime. <laughs> I think, uh, generalist to answer your question. I think generalist, um, as long as you don't ask me any follow up, hard, hard follow up questions on that. But I, I was thinking about it for a few days. <laughs> no, that's good. So, you can map out your path very clearly. Yeah, I literally just mirror your career, I think is what I'm going to do. But uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I, I think um, it's a very tough question to ask. And this is, you know, for the listeners, Tamaya, Tamaya and I are joking. We talked about it previously on, um, you know, what I think I, I'm going to be, right? Functionalist, generalist, like what, what's my career progression from that perspective? And uh, it's a very hard question to answer. It's really hard when you when you sit down and start thinking about it. Um, you know, he says money and power, and what happens when you want both? To my, you know, what happens then? Um, no, I'm, you I'm just always want one more than the other. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely, it's a um, it's tricky. So I I'll, I will actually take you up on that thirty minutes. Um, how can people get in contact with you? Obviously. You're going you're gonna to offer that 30-minute open-door policy to everyone, or should they reach out on LinkedIn? What, what's the best route? Yeah, definitely reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. One of the things is when I open this up to a much broader audience, I don't know if I'll be able to make all the time in the world, but as much as possible, I will make sure that uh, I keep my calendar open. It may end up being a weekend call, like when my kids are sleeping and I have nothing to do. I mean, but... <laughs> Uh, you're the best, Maya. I can't thank you enough for getting on the show with us. It's it's been a pleasure, man. We got to have you back on. Maybe we'll do the uh, spotlight series. Thank you so much, Mark, and thank you for having me once again. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us. 
and share these insights with your peers.